Hey there, patrons. Welcome to your bonus podcast, episode 322. Mike Kaplan is joining me again on this episode, and I have just the quickest little hello greeting um, intro here. Uh, Mike was kind enough to share an unreleased song for us to listen to in addition to this interview, so I'm very excited about that. I don't have anything to say other than that. I hope you're all doing well. Thanks for being patrons, of course, um, and always let me know if there's something you're missing <laughs> that you want to have happening on Patreon or elsewhere. I really love hearing from you all, so please say hello and enjoy this. It's called Musicians Are Lucky. Musicians are lucky because they can make music even if they're trapped in their homes. Stand-up comedians, we are not as lucky. For example, what am I doing right now? The answer is I'm being a musician. Hey, patrons. Welcome to your bonus podcast. Mike Kaplan is here with me again. Thanks for joining me again, Mike. Happy to have returned from the bathroom. <laughs> we did take a bathroom break in between these two interviews. Um, yeah. So the thing that I thought would be fun for us to talk about here, this feel like, I don't know why it's suddenly like, that was too stiff. I just introduced this. I would like to now <laughs> talk about, but the your recorder, because I'm actually really curious, just from a creative perspective you have this digital recorder uh if you were listening to the main podcast you heard uh mike reference it a couple of times he was recording some things some ideas um can you talk a little bit more about how that process works for you or no how, how dare you <laughs> um i knew it was too stiff i just <laughs> ruined everything uh just want to let everyone else know that uh before we started recording this episode uh michael gave me uh, uh he asked me if this would be an okay topic and i assured him that it absolutely was and so he got a bonus joke uh but justin i i think everyone gets my joke but uh just wanted to make sure that everyone knows there was no chance of michael thinking that i actually was mad at him which <laughs> Uh, if I may say another a brief thing before I answer your question, um, which is another thing, another answer to my comedy style, which is say everything uh, before you say everything else. Um, so <laughs> there was a I did a, a podcast once. I had a, a guy named Rick Glassman, who's a very funny comedian and friend uh, on my podcast, and he's like a thing that I love about him uh, is that he is so improvisational in his comedy and uh, on the podcast we were doing like bits and joking like it was like make it, it all kinds of things like he was doing these characters I, I forget what it was exactly but I remember in a way I as my as myself but also as like a character that I was interacting with him as I was I like asked him I'm like now is that something that you really believe or is that one just a joke and like I knew for sure that it was just a joke but it seemed like it was the fun thing to do to play in that moment as if I didn't know. And then he responded. He was like, oh, that one's just a bit. And like he he like not I, I guess in a way like like dropped the character. I don't want to say he broke it. He like he set it down gently. And <laughs> and then we talked about why he in that moment he was like, I always want to make sure that people know when I'm joking and when I'm not joking, which uh, and, he, and he's like, so just, I feel like I, that, that spirit, 
uh, came upon me right now yeah. because uh, in a time when I think it wasn't even necessary because I was very confident in the doing of the the joke where I refused to answer your question, which actually might become a reality. If we run out of time, I might actually not answer your question, but yeah. uh, I, I will get to that in a moment, but that was not my intention. Um, what, what if I really didn't want to tell you? I've talked about it so much. Uh, <laughs> the information is out there. Look, look it up. But um, you know, I have an interlude to go down this direction and we could abandon that question, especially no, I, if people could seek it out. The answer to that somewhere else. They can, and also I, I do want to tell you. So, uh, however this, how, wherever this interlude goes, I, yeah. I'm confident that I want to come back all the way up the rabbit hole uh, and poke, poke our head out of it, or go into the other uh, turtle hole all the way down. You know, whatever it is. But feel free, interlude away, my friend. Um, what you were talking about 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 wanting to make sure that people know that things that really are just a joke are just a joke. Because when we were talking about that in the main podcast, two things came to mind. One of them was if you have to like tell people, oh, no, what? It's just a joke and like dismiss it. Then it wasn't just a joke. Like, oh, yeah, that's most likely not just a joke. If oh, someone, yeah. If you have to tell people that. Yeah, I, I had a, a friend, two things now. One, I don't know if you also had two things, but my friend Adam Bush is a musician, among other things, came on my podcast, Broccoli and Ice Cream, recently and played a song. And the first, I love the first line of the song is, a joke is a joke if you get it. And I, I just, I feel like it's like a Zen koan almost, you know? It's like, what, like, so what is a joke if you don't get it? And so I feel like the person who, a person who must say it's just a joke uh, is responding to someone who either didn't get the joke and didn't get that it was a joke or got the joke and got that it was more than just a joke. And the person who's, I think the person who's saying it's just a joke is usually at least on one level incorrect. Um, <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that one of the things that you we determine that you, or at least a caricature of you, like about my comedy is that sometimes you don't know when it's a joke, but eventually you do realize uh, that it has been the joke the whole time. And that's the thing. Uh, I've talked about this in comedy as well. About I, I'm not a big fan of pranks, uh, mm -hmm. and certainly not pranks that uh, that are mean spirited or that last a long time. So I feel like the what I did to you was like the in saying like I refuse to answer this question is the the shortest prank that I'm like that's an acceptable length of a prank to tell a lie that is clearly a lie uh, for humor's sake for us all to have fun and we all understand and know the fun that we're having in fact one additional element uh, that's sort of related to this I, I saw Stephen Colbert be interviewed during the time or right after the Colbert report uh, during that time during that time period and I remember you know he would do a character on his show and he would be a human being that was that believed and said different things ostensibly mm -hmm. off when he was not on the show. And the interviewer said to him, how do I know which Stephen Colbert I'm going to get? You know, kind of shifting back. How do I know if it's going to be the character or the human? And I remember Stephen Colbert, the human, said, well, just tell me which one you want to answer a question. And that's who I can give you the answer as. He's like, I'm not out to trick people. Like, I'm now paraphrasing. But he's like... I want people to know that I'm doing satire when I'm doing satire. I don't want to be have people wondering 
like, especially in an interview while I'm not performing, uh, he's like, I could tell you what the character would say to that and what they think, but I'm also, I'm here as me, Stephen Colbert, the full human being containing all the multitudes that I am, uh, which contain the character, but I'm not like, again, just letting people, wanting people to know what the truth is like that doesn't destroy the joke. In fact, it sometimes like helps bolster, uh, the joke when you know what is true and what is false. I just like, I'm, I don't mean to be controversial, but I'm a fan of people knowing the difference between what is true and what is false. And so (laughs) with that, uh, would you like to hear about my digital recorder? Uh, yes, that is, uh, I call robot sometimes, Uh uh, for fun. Um, in fact, the, the album title meet robot, we're almost there. We just one more. <laughs> one oh, I'm more with digression. you. Yeah. Um, my friend, Zach Sherwin, uh, my best friend, uh, we went to college together and became very close in the Boston comedy scene, uh, in the, in the early to, or the mid to late two thousands. And, uh, Zach is a wonderful, comedic artist of a kind. He doesn't do stand-up anymore, uh, but he writes uh, writes songs and his his current work. The, I'm really excited. I'm really excited for everything that's happening right now. Uh, <laughs> and I'm excited for you to know it in a second too. So Zach's magnum opus that he works on now daily uh, is a show called The Crossword Show. And The Crossword Show combines uh, his rapping, his love of uh, trivia, his love of music and comedy. It's a comedy show and his love of crosswords. Like every show involves a crossword puzzle being solved on stage when it's a live show uh, by several comedians. Uh, Like it's been constructed specifically for the show. There's been, I think, at least four done uh, before the pandemic happened and he's working on uh, ones for after and also potentially maybe for uh, an online version as well. Um, and the reason I, the two reasons that I bring Zach up that are sort of intertwining, one is uh, because he and I, he is responsible in a way uh, for a, a, a thing about, so the fact that my album is called Meet Robot. Uh, mm-hmm. is the reason it's called Meat Robot uh, is that this thing, this device that I put my ideas into is called Robot. And sometimes when Zach and I are talking and if, I, if a funny thing happens, I say a funny thing, he's like, oh, you should put that in Robot. You should tell that to Robot. And then at one point, either Robot was full or like the batteries were at for a time not yet reincarnated, um, not yet replaced, not uh-huh. yet rebirthed. Uh, and I was like, oh no, <clears throat> Robot, Robots' batteries are, are, I can't put it in robot. And Zach was like, well, why don't you put it in meet robot? Pointed to the old, you know, I don't know if we were on the phone or whatever, but implying, uh, put it in, just remember it. Put it in your brain. So that's where, and we're like, meet robot. That's that's a fun name for an album by a vegan comedian. Yeah. Um, Because... Um, what what are what are we what and what are our brains other than a robot made of meat maybe other things okay well we don't have time to get into that but yeah. the point the reason that I shared as extensively about what Zach does is number one I love him I love his work his brain his meat robot is so good and the so the way that the crossword show operates is for each clue that uh, is solved that opens up a world of either another game or like full of uh, like these 
like ridiculous coincidences that he has like found uh, and he's discovered and created and curated and constructed uh, to go along with the experience. And sometimes it's a song, sometimes it's a quiz, sometimes it's just a fun fact. Uh, it could be any number of things. And the thing, we're almost to the end of this digression. Uh, the reason that I went into it as extensively is, do you know what he calls uh, when, uh, I don't even, I, it's hard for me to even say, the moments in the show, the parts of the show that sort of bulge out from the clue that I just described, he calls them digressions. Anyway, so <laughs> just wanted to, glad that we got to the end of that digression about those digressions. Now, <laughs> robot, here uh -huh. we are. Um, <clears throat> So when I started doing comedy, I wrote everything down in a notebook, uh, all my joke, joke ideas, set lists. And then, uh, one time that I realized like while I was driving, if I was driving to a show, if I had an idea or if I was listening back to a set, I would record my sets, uh, originally like on a, I think like a, a cassette tape player, like a mm. Walkman style thing. But eventually when digital recorders happened, the recorder was only for my sets. Uh, but then I realized like if I was driving and I want, instead of writing something down while I was driving dangerously, I would, if I had an idea, I would record it into robot. Uh, avant la lettre. This is a, a phrase that I just learned recently, which means before the letter in French, which means like before I had the word or concept <coughs> of robot for this thing, uh -huh. I, I did use it in like a, a primitive version of like, oh yeah, I recorded my idea in this, but only because at the time I couldn't write it down in my notebook, which was where my jokes standardly went. At a certain point, I remember hearing uh, a particular comedian like talk about how he didn't write things down at all, like other than like a bullet point, you know, just like this is a topic. He's like, because when he went on stage, he was like, I, uh, the brain does a different thing when performing, mm -hmm. uh, when, when speaking out loud, than when writing down. It's like, stand-up is a spoken art form, so writing it down, I mean, writing is an art form as well, but it's not the same as stand-up, so that's why just uh, this particular medium, let the, uh, let the comedy be born, birthed straight, like, you know, no, no disconnect between uh, media. And so I remember hearing that, and it was a little while later that I don't remember how long after I heard that, that I was like, maybe I'll do that. And I was like, it's easier. I mean, like, why not say it? It's easier to, it's like, I can say things quicker than I can write them. In the meantime, now, now the process is so I'm like, oh yeah, I like, I like saying it first. So anytime I have an idea, a thought that could be a joke, uh, a creative, uh, an art nugget of any time, of any mm -hmm. kind. Or time. Um, I record it into here. Then, uh, and then this quicker process uh, becomes way longer because at a certain point, often when this thing is full, like uh, right now I, there's like four different sections of it and they can all hold like 200 uh, units of, of idea. And uh, it's almost, I think I'm, I'm, they're almost all full except for one that I'm on now that has 134. So definitely, uh, by the time I have 66 more ideas, I have to have emptied out some of it if I want to keep putting things into uh -huh. this. Like, so I just, after I, I then, after these are in here, I write them all into my notebook, uh, longhand, 
and then uh, and then I delete I, as I delete them from here as I do that. And then the notebooks I keep forever, but also when a notebook is full, then I go to a file online and I or on, on my computer and I type it. So I feel like every step of the game, there's a different uh, you know, aspect of myself that is engaged. First my voice, uh-huh. then my my hands writing, uh, and then uh, typing, which is you know similar to writing, but also something different is going on when you're typing than when you're writing. And then also at each stage of the game, I'm like a slightly different version of myself by a matter of days, weeks, or possibly months. And so, and I've also potentially been also performing these jokes on stage or on screen, and then coming up with new ideas. So I feel like each one of them is like you know like uh, either a bud or a snowflake or some you know component some initial seed that then gets built out by itself almost or mm-hmm. you know that I get to see it from a new angle each time I'm either saying it typing it or writing it uh and uh and so yeah that's that's what I do with robot uh yeah I love that <laughs> that's such a nice little small response uh, that's great but <laughs> I mean Thank you. <laughs> but I, I, the thing that I really take away from that, and it's something that I want to incorporate more into what I do, it's just it, the idea that you're already, you're always ready for an idea. You know, a lot of times I think of like, oh, I'm, I, I want to write, so I need to go meditate and then get out my journal and then this and that. And those are the times when ideas are supposed to come. I love that idea. And I want to sort of incorporate that more of just being like, no, like, Ideas come all all the time, and and if it does, it seem that being prepared for them allows more of them to show up. Absolutely not. What if that was the answer? <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. Um, <laughs> two second prank. Um, I love yeah, it. And I think. I mean, and I think the answer is both. Like, there's a a quote by I hope I'm pronouncing the name right. W. Somerset Maugham, M A U G H A M. The quote is something like, here's the paraphrase of the quote. It's like, I only write with, I only write when inspiration strikes. Uh, fortunately, it strikes every morning at 9 a.m. on the dot. Um, so the idea of having, you know, a practice of journaling, of, you know, meditative writing, of morning pages, which I do, I only recently started to do, I used to type only like on this website, 750words.com every morning, Mm -hmm. uh, which I like a lot and still do most days. But I also recently via, you know, recommendation from the artist's way by Julia Cameron Mm -hmm. and other friends who've done that, which recommends doing it physically with your hand. And also I just, uh, I'm reading this book by Matt Haig right now called the dead father's club. Uh, and I love, I've read a few books by this guy and like them a lot, but, uh, there was just a line in it that uh, it's, I, I hope it's only, uh, yes, okay, so his teacher says to him uh, that, she should write, that he should write everything down. It's a, the, a, an 11-year-old character, his father has died. It's sort of like a version of Hamlet. Uh, that's not important to this part. So the teacher, <laughs> she said it helps to write everything straight on paper or on computer, but she thinks paper is best. I asked her why, and she said that when you write with a pen, it is like writing with a part of yourself like it is another finger. So the closer you get to, you know, yourself, like if you could write it with your finger, I mean, I wonder if people feel differently if they have like, you know, an iPad where they can actually like write as such, if that operates the same way in the brain. But, uh, 
Yeah. So the idea that the having a practice of like right now in the past like week or so, I've been I started writing longhand morning pages in the morning. Mostly, uh, I started doing that because the clickety clack of the computer uh, wakes up my girlfriend when she's asleep, and so mm-hmm. I'm like, if I write it longhand, double bonus. You know, I don't wake up my girlfriend, and it's uh, like an extra finger. Yes, and. A thing that I do now that I realize a fun a fun new analogy. Uh, recording the thing that I that I've done that I, that I do in my writing that is like taking out the robot to record an idea that I'm expressing while we're also recording the podcast. Like while I'm free writing, like the goal is not necessarily. Uh, to the the goal is the process, not necessarily the product. And also, when the goal is the process, sometimes you know the product arises. You know, mm-hmm. speak of the process, the product arises. Not don't just speak of the process, do the process. And sometimes the process is speaking. Um, but uh, I've started like when I when I write something and I'm like, oh, that's a fun idea to maybe record into robot later, I'll just circle it. I'll be like, it's fine. I'm like writing it down. I could go back and read it all, but I was like, oh, let's circle that for later. So it's, I feel like it's very valuable for me and perhaps for others to have a time, to have a practice where the goal is just to do and then like see what, you know, what, what gold can be panned from that. And then also for the rest of the time, for the rest of the day, have a device, have a tool, have a practice of always being ready so that you're not like, well, it's not, it's not writing time. So I'm not going to be open to the idea that just came to me. So yeah, I encourage you to, uh, always be open. And then perhaps like maybe you won't have more ideas, but maybe you will recognize more the ideas that you have. Yeah. So good. (laughs) So good. Uh, That's, Uh, I needed that today. Uh, can I, tell you one, one other thing I think that is, oh yeah, uh, from just the next paragraph in that book, she says that writing is sometimes easier than speaking, even though it takes longer. And she said it's easier because you can do it on your own and say things that you're scared to speak unless it was by yourself. And if you speak to yourself, people think you are mad, but if you write the same things, they think you are clever. <laughs> That's Dead Fathers Club. Is that the name of that book? That or? is correct. The Dead Fathers okay. Club. Uh, by uh, Matt, Matt Haig. Oh, I, I also <coughs> recommend The Midnight Library was uh, a book I read of his recently that really struck uh, beautiful chords. Noted. I need to be reading more books and doing more writing. And ah, I need to do all this <laughs> stuff. But you, it's you, super, are assi- yeah. you have your assignments that are all extra credit. <laughs> Yay. Um, thanks for joining me for both of these conversations. It was really so good to talk to you. Uh, agreed. I look forward to doing it again. And I'll even say that to you after we've stopped recording so you know that it's doubly true and not just me presenting and performing it. 